Hello, 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 6AM Run community, all our 6AM Run podcast listeners. I'm a podcaster now, I guess. I can add that to my resume. It's it's uh, it's a, it's 2022, right? I guess you have to get used to communication through all platforms. Yep. So I welcome all our listeners. I welcome all our audience, our community. Really excited to have everyone on board. We have a limited time with our current, and this day I, we're doing about three episodes a week. So let me get right into our guest. Now, okay, I made a big mistake. I did not, every pre-call. My last question with our guest is their name and pronunciation. I did not do that <laughs> for this pre-call. Stra- I know Stravos. Stravos, can you please introduce yourself? I, sure. Your last name, I, I don't even want to try it. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, you go. Go ahead, introduce yourself to yeah. us. Thank you for having me on, on your show, by the way. My name is Stavros Mastrogiannis, and I am the uh, founder of the Live Your Way Thin System. I specialize in sustainable weight loss, which comes uh-huh. with developing habits, you know? It's all about the habits. Right. So tell me how you got in this field. What tr- attracted you? Maybe did it start young? You know, did it start, you know, a little later? You know, I, I share my story with everyone. My journey really into diving into fitness. I've always been an athlete and did sports, but diving into fitness the way I did was right around 30, 35. How did this come about for you and getting in this world? And, you know, please let everyone know why I, I asked you to be on the show. Well, I, I kind of got into the fitness field almost out of frustration, to be honest, because that wasn't my first career choice. I actually have a degree in culinary arts, so I used to cook. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I went I graduated from the culinary school of America. Oh, well, so that means, you, that means you know food. That's a good yes. thing. Oh, yeah, I know food, and I love food. Okay? <laughs> we all do. But as a young kid, you know, in my, like, 18 years old, 19, you know, just like any guy, I want to look good on the beach. Mm-hmm. So yep. I decided... I'm going to start getting into exercising, lift, you know, buff up. So, you know, like any guy, want to look good. So I right. can right. opposite sex. And what happened was the advice I was getting from a lot of fitness professionals, I could not follow. They always told me like, well, once you see results, you'll be motivated to keep going. Well, I would get results and then I will burn out. And that happened on and on and on. And I realized that a lot of fitness professionals, although they mean well, They're coming from a place that they love fitness. They don't understand people like myself who I want to look good on the beach. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit, but I don't want to do the work. And I hate the process of getting in shape. And that's where I started doing research on how to get in shape with minimum effort. You know, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Right. And. And then that's how I end up getting certified and I end up like liking the field. So I decided to make a career switch and a switch from cooking into fitness. And I got to say, though, the one thing that helped me a lot was the fact I was raised in Greece. I was raised in Greece until the age of 15 when I moved to the States. Okay. And the one thing I realized is that if you look at the fitness industry today, in order to get in shape, it seems like it takes a lot of effort. You know, I got to count calories, points, measure food, look at everything you eat, uh, spend hours in the gym exercising. Well, when I lived in Greece, thin was the norm. People mm-hmm. lived long, healthy lives. People in their 90s lived productive lives. Diseases like cancer were a rare disease. At least that's what I thought because I know anybody that had it. All right. Makes sense. And the question I asked, like, wait a minute. In Greece, nobody... I didn't even know what calorie was. There was no gyms. Nobody was running around. Nobody was exercising, at least the way we view exercising. 
and we never care about a diet. How can we do that? Well, because all the things that kept us in shape, like the way that we ate, we did mm-hmm. eat a very healthy diet, but we didn't eat a healthy diet because we wanted to be healthy. We right. ate the diet because that's why we ate. It was a habitual behavior, like our activity. We were very active, but again, we didn't do those activities to be right. healthy. We did them because it was part of our life. So what I, my aha moment was, well, aha, the reason we were able to maintain a great health is because all the behaviors that kept us in shape were habitual behaviors. Yes. Compared to a lot of the things that uh, a lot of diets teach today to never become habitual. So you constantly have to think to do the right thing instead of doing the right thing because it's a habitual, it's like the default. And that's right. where people burn out. Because if you imagine for a second, before every meal, you have to figure out how many calories you have to eat or how many points, if you're measuring points, or how many carbs. Well, if your conscious mind has to focus on all those things before you in- enjoy the meal, you take away some of the enjoyment. And never mind the fact that a lot of diets eliminate whole food groups, you know, like the good ones, like chocolate, chips, you know, all the good stuff, which again, leaves people feeling deprived. And to me, so I realized that in order to help people lose weight and keep it off, I need to help them change habitual behaviors. And eventually the idea is by changing habitual behaviors, like putting your fitness program on autopilot. Yeah. So, and it really is habits, right? And, yeah. and so let me ask you and, and your culture too. So, you know, my parents being Persian, food, so I want to, maybe I want to talk to you if, and tell me if I'm, if I'm going the wrong direction. I think when you say, and you're a chef, in some of these cultures, I think, I want to say this as the right way as possible. Yeah. Food is really, I think in America, we look at food as I'm hungry, I want to eat, Right. In other cultures, food is really, it is made with love. A lot of time and effort is put into certain foods and dishes. I know Greeks and Persians debate who made baklava, for example. Yeah, yes, I'll, yes, I'll say that. Baklava, Persians, yeah. Persians swear we made baklava. <laughs> who can debate that in a different show? <laughs> yes, but food is, but what I'm getting at and what we all can agree on, food is such, it's a big deal, yeah. right? And shoving food in the face of someone you love. I know this sounds crazy to yeah. a lot of people who have who are not from other cultures, but like the grandmothers, the mothers of these cultures, that's how they show their love is yep. you have to eat. If you come to these homes and if you don't eat the food that's made for you, like if mm-hmm. I go to my grandmother's house and say I'm on a diet, she thinks I'm, excuse my yep. language, she thinks I'm being an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So is that part of these habitual yes. things also for different cultures that yeah. you're also kind of alluding to? I know Italians are very similar with food. A lot of cultures, food is love. Yes, exactly. And But to add to that point, and I think that's where we went wrong, is like in Greece, when we ate, we were eating nothing else. In other words, lunch break was a three-hour lunch break. Sure. So you took your time to eat. And the other thing that was drilled into our heads, even as kids, was to make sure you were hungry at the mealtime. Right, don't eat, right, don't snack. Don't Exactly. So snacking was looked down. I mean, nobody snacked, actually. I'm perfect in Greece, right. on average, we only ate twice a day, lunch and dinner. Breakfast was not a meal. Right. I know a lot of experts talk about you know, the Mediterranean diet. That's the diet I was raised on. And they talk about what Mediterranean cultures ate for breakfast. 
Actually, Mediterranean cultures did not eat breakfast. What they're talking about that we ate for breakfast was what we ate on the weekends. See, on the weekends, our eating habits changed a little bit. You right. know? But during the week, most adults had a coffee, a Greek coffee, or they're called Turkish coffee. I don't know if you guys have a similar coffee. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a black coffee. They had a coffee and went to work. There was no breakfast. And then at right. lunchtime, people sat down, relaxed, enjoyed the meal, chewed their food. Where in American culture, unfortunately, we only have 10 minutes to eat. So people yeah. woofed down the food. But my question to people is, how much enjoyment did you get out of your food? Yeah. Not that much. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's a light breakfast or a light, like you said, like yeah. a coffee, maybe a shake. It's funny, like, or like fruits and vegetables, yeah. maybe. But then din- like dinner. So a lot of my family moved to Europe from Iran when okay. the revolution and things like yeah. that happened. So, but I remember even when we would go to see them in Europe, it was like two, three o'clock lunch, then like a nine, 10 o'clock dinner before yeah. bed, because it kind of knocks you out anyway. Yeah. And lunch was a lot bigger, but you would go then, you know, and, and it's crazy too. Cause like in my grandparents and everyone moved to um, Norway and Sweden and the stores and everything, I think from like, not even lunchtime here, like 12, but from like two to five places would be closed yes, and then places would thing. open, places would open back up around like five when people are done work. And then like, it, it, it's just a different way. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's right. No, but to your point, two big meals, not three. I don't understand. And and I don't know if maybe that's because it was it's hereditary. I don't understand big breakfast. Yeah. And for me, and since I've been a kid, I don't wake up starving. I don't know why. No, actually, the average person is not starving in the morning, and the people who think are hungry in the morning are actually it's a habitual hunger. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you always ate breakfast, if you skip breakfast. You're going to feel a sense of hunger, but that's not true hunger. If you look at how the body works, really breakfast makes no sense. More like lunch and dinner should be the meals that should be eaten and not breakfast. But again, if you look at most of the studies done on breakfast, by the way, Mm -hmm. are paid by cereal companies. Yeah. And that's the reason I stuck, because in school, when I went to school, in nutrition class, they taught me the same thing. Breakfast, most important meal of the day. The reason I question it is because my upbringing, and because the question I asked, like, wait a minute, in Greece, we deny breakfast. Normally, we do, once in a while, do we have something? Yes, we did. But if we did have something, it was something very light. But most of wow. the time, we did not eat anything. And I'm like, wait a minute, in Greece, we're much healthier. And then when I start looking at other healthy regions, breakfast was a small or non-existent meal. It wasn't something that was part of their culture. So yeah. what they're telling me over here, and then I start looking at the studies, and I realized that, unfortunately, it was a lot of special interest behind pushing the idea of mm-hmm. breakfast. Oh, of course. A thousand percent. Again, Italian, Greek, Persian, rice, starches, carbs. Okay. What are your thoughts? A lot of the, you know, because again, America's is, and I say this because what's really cool and I love about this country, we are a country of, you know, a, a lot of different cultures now. I think more so than ever, there's so many people from so many walks of life here in this country. We, we continue to talk a little bit right now about food if we stay on that topic. What is your thought, though? A lot of different cultures have, you know, my wife is Japanese, rice, st- yep. obviously starch, sugars, yep. um, carbs, uh, again, Persian with breads and cheeses, Greeks. I know, uh, you know, bread with every meal. One of my favorite things is there's a Greek restaurant here. 
Greek salad. I love Greek mm. salad, but the cheese, the oil, like everything in a Greek salad is so, in a way, it becomes unhealthy. Does, you know what I mean? Yes. More heavy. Right. And I, I by the way, I, I say this, I love Greek salad. It's my favorite well, thing with the black olives, feta cheese, yeah. like all that. What is your, is it moderation? All these cultures have such heavy foods. Yes. You know what the main thing is, though, actually? Because he, here's the debate. A lot of people say, you know, starches are bad, you know, uh, sugars are bad, you know, pasta, bread. And yet, if you look at Mediterranean cultures, including actually Asian cultures, they have a lot of rice. In Greece, we had pa- bread with every meal, including with mm-hmm. pasta. We mm-hmm. had pasta, potatoes pretty much almost every other day. Like if we didn't have pasta, we had potatoes. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of starches. So why back then it didn't bother us? But now they're saying, you know, potatoes, bread, stuff like that are bad for you. Is because we ate less often. That's as mm-hmm. simple as that. Because here's a choice you have. You could eat more often and watch everything you eat. Like a lot of nutritionists are teaching to eat three and five times a day. And be mm-hmm. extremely careful what you eat. Or mm-hmm. you can eat less often and eat almost whatever you want within reason. And I want to ask, in your opinion, I think a lot of people say and... Do you think we're also, we are less active today than we were like when we were growing up? Yes, absolutely. Obviously that plays a big role too, that the more active you are, the more forgiving your diet can be also. So Mm -hmm. it makes the same thing is that the more active you are and less often you eat, the more forgiving your diet is. So everything plays a role. So it's like, I hate because I don't know if I, I did an interesting experiment to prove my point about the food. Are you familiar with Mr. Spurlock? He did the uh, documentary, Super Size Me. Yes, 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 yes. I did the same experiment in 2011. I went to McDonald's for two months, eating the same food as Mr. Spurlock, burgers, fries, soda, all the good stuff. I went to the doctor before and after. I did my blood work, Mm -hmm. my blood pressure, everything. However, I follow the three habits that I teach my clients first when it comes to proper nutrition, which is, I call it the 16-hour habit. Something similar to intermittent fasting, if you want to call it. But I was teaching that before intermittent fasting was even a thing. Eat only out of true hunger and no more than twice a day. And eating every meal slowly and mindfully. And stop eating when you satisfy your hunger. By the way, Monday to Friday on the weekends, relax. You can eat five times a day if you want on the weekends. The idea was Monday to Friday. You know what happened to me after eating for two months at McDonald's besides my wife was very happy because she did not have to cook for me? Was be- that was nothing. My weight actually went down three pounds. My cholesterol went down 10 points eating McDonald's, which again, I'm not saying McDonald's good food. It's not good food. But no, what no. I'm to say is how you eat yeah. affects your weight and health as much, if not more, than yeah. what you eat. And by watching how you eat, your body becomes more forgiving with what you eat. Yeah. And to your point, I think what happens just, and I'll tell you, you know, if you go, even if you don't get McDonald's, you know, when you, when you have children, I've talked about this on the show before, you know, when my kid, I don't know if it's, again, if it's a culture thing, what I need to always tell myself sometimes is, you know, it's okay to, I hate saying this, you know, out loud on on the air and I hope no one, you know, does yell at me or, but it's okay to throw away food or it's okay to leave, you know, leave food behind. I think with my daughter, for example, look, my six-year-old is just never going to finish her plate. So what I need to kind of tell myself is it's okay that that chicken nuggets is going to go in the trash can to your point, because I ate my meal, which filled me up. 
right? Now eating those five extra nuggets that are, were on her plate, that is excess. I don't need that. Exactly. You know what I mean? And the question I would ask, because you know, that's a very good point you're bringing up, by the way, because the question I ask my clients to ask themselves, because I guess I don't like wasting food either. But let me ask you a question. If you ate those nuggets instead of throwing them in the garbage, did you really save anything? Did you, no. did you, did, as a matter of fact, you caused harm because you put them in your mouth, which mm. you really did not need them and cause more harm. Now, obviously, if you can save food, save it. But if you can't save it, eating it, you did not save anything. No, I've said this on the podcast before to that exact point. And the, some of the benefits of, I, I do love my wife, love her very much, but the benefits of, of you know, being married, we sometimes want, let's say two different things on menus, yeah. but like we want to share that. And then we also, nowadays, what we do is restaurants do give you a lot, right? Yes, they so do. if we're going to go out to eat and, you know, going to restaurants can get very expensive. So what we can do is we can say, look, but this will be lunch tomorrow. Yes. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're going to go out to eat, but guess what? We also, as soon as we're done bag it up and it's going to be lunch tomorrow. And like also too, I have, you know, things I also know, French fries, you can't take French fries or not. There's things you can't take home and it yeah, tastes the same. Exactly. Right. So get the things. What I like to do is get the things that I know I can take home and easily reheat. And exactly to your point, I finished my meal here and I have a meal for, like I said, in, within the next 24 hours. Absolutely. You can make, you can make two meals out of it because with my wife, fun thing, we do kind of do the same thing. If we can find a meal that we both agree on when we go to a restaurant, we'll order that one and we split it in half. Right. If we can't, we'll order whatever we want and then take it the rest at home. And by mm-hmm. the way, really quick, you mentioned about French fries. No, no, no. Here's a quick recipe. Take the French fries home. Take eggs, scramble them up, throw some feta cheese in, throw the French fries in the frying pan with a little olive oil, heat them up, add the eggs and the feta cheese, and they taste delicious. It's one of my favorite, it's a Greek dish, actually, it's French fries with, with eggs and cheese. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that, and, and do you have, let me ask you two weeks that we're going to talk about your book. Let's get there. Okay. I know we're coming up in the fourth quarter, but do you have rest like that? Like, and... It's crazy you say that. And again, people, I've never really shared this to my audience, but Greek and Persian have very similarities. For example, we do something similar to that. My wife also saw my mom. We put hot dogs in eggs. Oh, yeah, actually, that's that's a version that we also do. That's that's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, you know, there's so, I, I just wanted to say that. So if you have any of those recipes, we have to make sure we put a site up for you if you have any of those things. But let's, but let's get into your yeah. book. What made you write the book? What's it about? And where can our guys get it? The book is, oh, it's, I've been calling it actually Fat No More. Mm-hmm. It's about my philosophy on how to make permanent changes in your life and lose weight for life. Not just lose weight. Weight loss is really a side effect. It's about improving your health. Right. And by developing seven specific habits. And my book, it kind of gives a little bit of the history because I do believe that people should understand how do we end up here? Mm-hmm. How do we, because at the end of the day, we really don't have a weight problem. What we have is a behavior problem. Yes, I agree. And that's what people should be focusing on. Should be focusing on the weight, focus on the health and the behaviors. And what my book that kind of gives a history, how do we develop these bad habits? How can we change them? I actually explain a little bit about psychology and I explain about the seven habits and more importantly, how to incorporate them into your life. And this is the book actually here, you know, but the key, again, there's a famous saying, uh, I'm going to butcher it a little bit. It's by Bruce Lee. 
is about knowledge. Oh, it's now, well, I'm going to butcher a little bit anyway. Have you heard the saying, knowledge is power? Yes. Okay. I disagree with that saying. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. It's not what you know that makes a difference. Right. It's what do you do with what you know that makes a difference. So to me, there's a lot of good diet books out there that give you great information. And I can name quite a few. But the, where they fall short is, okay, how do I apply that information to my life? And that is the main difference of the way I wrote the book is I didn't just want to give them here are the seven habits that will make a difference in your life. It's like, here are the seven habits and here how to apply those seven habits into your life so they become habitual. Does this habits, because what I love about, I may correct, stop me if I'm going yeah. off, but habits, what I love is you've not, correct me if I'm wrong, and again, maybe our cultures play a part in this. It seems like also too, that way you're not taking a stance on vegan, keto, no, exactly. vegetarian. You're saying, look, do whatever of that you want, but focus on the habitual stuff. Exactly. Like focus on something that you can live with. As a matter of fact, the question I always tell people to ask themselves, look at a diet. A quick way to tell whether you can be able to lose weight for life with that diet or fitness program is ask yourself the simple question. Whatever they're asking me to do, can I live with them? Right. If you can't live with whatever they're asking you to do, don't even bother starting. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense too. I think there's like about six kinds, right? There's nutritionists that are vegan only. Yeah. I swear my clients need to buy a vegan diet, lettuce, you know, the earth, uh, get your protein, you know, from tofu and peanuts yeah. and things like that. I'm, again, I get it. There's the dietitians that say, eat whatever you want. If you're meat, get your protein. There's dietitians that they, they want to figure out what the customer wants. You know, there's, I feel like there's so many dietitians and nutritionists that different philosophies, right? And what I think it comes down to ultimately, and what I love about you is, but still it doesn't answer, you know, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. When COVID happened, you talk about habits. When COVID happened, just because I thought I was home, I thought I had to go to the pantry, go to the fridge yeah. and like, you know, I call it like bored eating, yes, right? Exactly. We do movie night, right? At your house when you, you know, Friday nights, put on a movie, turn off the lights. It's like, am I hungry or, but we just, you just, I got to get pop. It's get popcorn. That's what you do. Exactly. But you know what you know I mean? It's funny. Right. We do the exact same thing. Friday night's movie night for us too. Right. And by the way, the, to your point about popcorn, what I tell people is that try to do the right thing 80% of the time okay. and don't worry about what you do 20% of the time. You can have those cheat days. You exactly. can have the fun days with your family. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. I don't like, I've had friends, even myself, I've been like this. When you're on a diet, I've had a buddy of mine when we were like, when we're younger, even now, you take your friends out and they just want to sit at the table and like watch you eat because they're on a diet. Yes. That's not fun for the person eating. You know what I mean? Go ahead. I interrupted you. Go ahead. Exactly. Because one of the habits of the seven habits is called make junk food special. Mm. Don't eliminate junk food. Make it special. So in other words, in Greece, we ate our fair share of junk food. And what did we do is on the weekend, we had our chocolate. I remember on the weekend, we, when there was a good movie, right. my mother would get us potato chip and Coke. And it was such a big deal, though, that we can have Coke. Now, people have Coke, soda, chocolate every single day. Yeah. yeah and by awesome. being able to have them on the weekend, you don't feel deprived. That's the key. Right. That you, you feel you could have it every weekend if you choose to. But yeah. you'll find over time, you choose not to have it a lot of times on your own. 
Yeah. As we kind of wrap up and we kind of come to the end of this, this was awesome. I'm going to see if we have, and we have a great audience that I'm sure is going to have questions. Please, Savros, please email me the links and everything. Oh, so absolutely. we can put them when we publish this in a couple of weeks, when it comes out, I want to put everything in the bio. Last things, I mean, what's, you know, uh, I want to say again, please make sure to say your site on air, yep. any website people can reach you. And then kind of like any kind of closing statement that you yes. maybe want to share with our audience, what would it be? Well, my, the name of my system is called Live Your Way Thin. And I call it that, by the way, is because you cannot take a break from your life and get in shape. You have to get in shape while living your life, while have the temptations around you. Mm-hmm. And while doing all that, get in shape, because if you do it that way, it doesn't matter what things happen, what gets in your way, you can get, you'll be able to get over them. In other words, let's say you want a diet, you should be able to have a friend of yours eat chocolate in front of you, and you be you should be able to resist and not feel the need that you gotta have chocolate too, just because mm-hmm. your friend has it. Right. And the name of my website is is liveyourwayfin.com. Mm-hmm. It's about living your way fit. Awesome. I love that. And and we'll put that everything in there. Send some, you know, guys and and are you, let me ask you last question. Do you take individual clients as well? Is that, I think one of the cool things about the pandemic, again, knock on wood, anyone that suffered, I I really, our heart always goes out to anyone that had a bad time or hard time during the pandemic. But would you say that, and, and I don't know if you do, do you take clients individually? Did Zooms, did this new world help you to meet people, you know, further away than you, because you're located, if you don't mind me asking where? Uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Awesome. So what we do in the, initially, because I was doing, only doing clients in my facility one-on-one. With a, I've been thinking about going and doing online coaching because I want to reach more people mm-hmm. around the world. So actually, we now offer online coaching one-on-one, awesome. but I also have an online program. It's like a subscription type of program that teaches the same system awesome. but in a group setting. Awesome. And they will be able to find all that information when they go to my website. It has basically the three ways you can join. One, if you're in Danbury, you can come to my facility. You can join online one-on-one, or you can join my group uh, coaching program and learn my system in a group setting, which, again, you save money also. Yeah, no, that that's a beautiful thing. And we'll, we'll put all that out there. I know that that is one of the cool benefits that as we kind of came into 2022 is really you can, you know, basically, I know FaceTime was, was always a thing, but now just, you can really be with people one-on-one, you know, through these electronic devices. I think that's always going to be a great thing. Yeah. And really quick, if we have time to really quick story. Have you heard the COVID-15 where people gained 15 pounds during the lockdowns? To me, that was the ultimate test because when I had to shut down for three months and I didn't have my online system yet, my clients, when they came back three months later, none of them gained weight. Actually, more of a, some of them continued losing weight because we taught them habits. So it didn't matter all the stress was around them because the right thing was the habitual thing did not revert back to their old habits. And to me, that yeah. was like the ultimate test, which I wish we never had to go through, by the way. Well, you, you know, I, I know we kind of almost said goodbye, but let me ask you one last question. So that's, that's kind of, it's funny you mentioned that because to me, you say COVID. I think for me, I've said this on air a lot of times. So my clients have, but I want your opinion on this. Halloween till about, I want to even say Valentine's Day, right? That's for me, you talk about fun time. For me, that's my, 
It's cold. I'm not outside running yeah. as much, but I run every day. I don't yeah. think I gained that much. I put on about 10 to 15 that period. You know what I mean? Halloween candy, Thanksgiving, Christmas, right? Cookies, then New Year's and Super Bowl and Valentine's Day. There's like a three-month window and it's cold and you're not outside as much, right? Yeah. There is that three-month window. And to your point, I think you kind of confirmed this in, in this whole conversation. It's habits, but for me, my current habits are, hey, I'm enjoying the holiday yeah. season. You know what I mean? Now, I will say this. What's What's been crazy is I'm 42. Up until 40, so March, April, May, it comes off like that. Yeah. At 40, it was a little bit, oh no, it's it's not going to come off that quickly. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it becomes a little harder as we age because as you know, metabolic rate slows down. So your body's not as forgiving. Right. But to your point though, what I tell my clients is you have to realize you have in-season and off-season. That's like athlete. Right. Yeah. To me, off-season, which is between uh, you know Halloween until Valentine's Day. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you're going to eat a little more junk food. That's fine. But don't blow it. Right. You know, try to do the minimum to maintain what, you know, if you're a runner, okay, fine. Oh, Maybe yeah. you're not going to be able to run as much as you used to, but still get out there and run. Even if it's oh. a 10 minute run, something to keep the momentum going. Oh my God. If I didn't run, I probably would put on like 50 pounds. There's no yeah. question. I think the running and, and burning 500 calories every morning, you know, and, and one of the things, and, and I'll say, and, and I'll close on this, we never, at 6am run, we sell nutrition products for yeah. runners, Right. None of our products make you lose weight. Now, they make you help you run better. They give you energy, right? Yeah, you still, yeah. I always tell people, you still got to go out there and run. Exactly. I don't like any company that says our product makes you lose weight. No, 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 no. Our product will help you, give you some energy, make your muscles feel better with our amino yeah. acids. You know, we have some joint medication, but you know what? you still got to go out there and put up. No one's going to get you out of bed and put you on the street and make you run. You're going to do that. Yeah. It's funny because we're very similar because it's yeah. funny. I say exact same thing to my clients. I go, listen, I cannot help you lose weight. Right. All I can do is show you the way yeah. you got to do the work. I, I can be your guide, but I'm not the one that's really, I cannot do the exercise for you. I yeah. cannot make you eat a certain way. Yeah. You got to be doing all that stuff. We get so many customers that send us like before and after pictures and I don't, yeah. and I feel bad. I don't want to post that. Cause I feel like even that's going to say that's giving the false impression yeah. that it's because they took 6am run. No, that guy lost that weight because he got up every morning and ran five miles, you know? So no, listen, mm -hmm. it's been a pleasure. I, I know you have a meeting, so we're going to put everything out there. Uh, Sabras, thank you so much for your time. This is one of my favorite episodes. I'm excited to post this very shortly. So no, thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you guys, everyone, for listening, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Goodbye for now.